to Expanding Universe, Season 17, Episode 11. An entirely convenient Cathar. The book, Coruscant Nights 2, Street of Shadows. From like 2007 or whatever, who cares? You don't care, I don't care, no one cares. Uh, chapters, no one cares. With your hosts, Jeff and John, everyone likes that part. And let's go! everybody, welcome to Expounded Universe. I am your host, Jeff, joined, as always, by your host, John. This is the Star Wars Novel Discussion Podcast, where we discuss a Star Wars novel. Indeed. Indeed. That's what we do. We do. We do it over and over again. Over. Luckily, we choose new novels. We're not doing, like, a Worst Idea Ever podcast here. Oh, God. Yeah, that would have been fun, though, to just do Shadows of the Empire over and over again. <laughs> Man. <laughs> You'd have to get into some real nitty-gritty minutiae. <laughs> Next season, Shadows of the Empire again. <laughs> Next year, it's all Shadows of the Empire. We're going to talk about Hausman so much. <laughs> the year of the Shizor. Remember that dude that they forced to go with them in the in the uh, sewers, and then he gets blasted at the end? Eh? If you're, just, you're just like, oh, that fucking poor guy. He didn't, he didn't want any of this shit. You remember that guy? <laughs> he sucked. <laughs> he was not a cool guy, but still, it wasn't cool to force him to go with you on a death march. Uh you, you remember that? Lando. One of these <laughs> seasons, we're going to be totally on his side and say how that was fucked up. The next one, we're going to be like, fuck that guy. He deserved it. He was a monster. <laughs> you just don't know why. But trust me, the expanded universe knows. There's oh. some lore on the shit that day, that guy did. Oh, he'll mm. burn for no, what he's oh, done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're waiting for him in whatever hell is in Star Wars, which I'm is like pretty sure it's hyperspace. Just hell. I think it's hyperhell. Like, it's like hyperspace. Like. They say that if you go outside of a ship in hyperspace, you go to the hell that Sith overlords go to or something. Oh, man. It's like I think... part of the dumb lore of Star Wars. That's reals. I feel like you're like mixing two different things together. Am I? Which of the which? Uh, maybe. Maybe I am. Maybe. I mean, I'm not going to tell you you aren't. Star Wars is very stupid. I mean, nine times out of ten, when I when I say something dumb about the history of Star Wars, I'm just right. Even if I don't even know for sure. <laughs> Look, you can pretty much say whatever you want about the history of Star Wars, and someone will be like, well, actually, there was a, a point. Han Solo fought and then fucked a big otter. <laughs> well, you're half right. <laughs> they made love. His identical cousin was watching. <laughs> He's into it. Identical cousins. I know. It's great to me that the Patty Duke show has like uh, echoes in the Star Wars continuity, <laughs> because Han has an evil identical cousin named Thracken Sal. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, all part of a transporter accident. <laughs> and we named him his cousin. We, we made an identical clone of Han Solo. And we were like, ah, for paperwork reasons, they're cousins. Yeah, look. Just like, uh, just like Thomas Riker. He's a cousin. Yeah, Thomas Riker, mm, cousins. I love that part of that DS9 Because when episode. they start kissing, we want to be able to call them kissing That's cousins. That's exactly right. And you know they're gonna. Well, obviously. There's only so long they can listen to each other's sexy sexy trombone music before they need to bone down hard. Yeah, they're gonna trombone each other, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Does he play? I think he plays the sax, right? Well, uh, Riker's, sure. Riker's not a trombonist. I mean, he does. Yeah. He, he, plays, he plays the, the trombone. Okay. He, he, he plays the bone. He plays the bone? Okay. Yeah. He plays it to the bone? He's a bone player. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Don't you worry about whether or not Riker's a bone player. It just reminded me of that great scene in DS9 where uh, Thomas Riker steals the Defiant and then peels off like his stick-on sideburns and part of his beard as if that mattered, as if anyone on DS9 had seen regular Will Riker for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, wait a minute, your beard's slightly different. Wait a minute, are you, you an shaved evil differently? Are you an evil clone? That's how we do things here in Star Trek. Star Trek, no one gets a haircut unless they're an evil clone. I'm not evil, I'm just with the Maquis now. Evil clone. Uh, evil. <laughs> if anything, Riker's the evil one. Have you seen what that guy does? <laughs> no. Regular if I had, Riker? I'd claw my eyes out like most people who have. <laughs> What do you think happened to Jordy anyway? <laughs> <laughs> One double date with Riker, and all of a sudden he's wearing that hair thing as a visor for the rest of his life. Uh, One of them, what do they call them, hair bumps or whatever? You just put bumps. Them, you put them under your hair to make your hair look bumpier. You know, when you need bumpy hair. You need that bump hair. 
I, I, Mr. Bumpy Hair. I don't remember what those are called. I just remember seeing a, uh, a, a infomercial for them a while back. Look, I just remember seeing that they exist and immediately yeah. going, ah, yes, I know what this is. No, no, there was an infomercial for them where there was like a bunch of like Midwestern ladies who were like, heck yeah. And they put on this thing that just was like a hairband and then they'd pour, pile their hair over it and it gave them like that bump that you see in like you know pageant lady hair gave them that bump that so bump. they could be like they're expecting that a hair, hair baby <laughs> gonna have that hair baby <laughs> man we are starting off <laughs> on a bang i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about but it's probably all canon to star wars probably yeah. all of this canon soup <laughs> soup canon yep yeah you want to talk about the actual episode Eh. Or the the chapters, rather. I mean, I'll go ahead and say this. Unlike last episode, where we had to read an additional one just because everything was very short and nothing happened, things happen here, and the chapters were relatively longer than three pages. Yes, and I'm not saying that the things that happened were good. But boy, they certainly add to the pure mystique and lore. Basically, any time I have to spend with Aura Singh is time I want back. Never. I never want to not be around Aura Singh. It is the best. <laughs> but we don't start with her. We start with Loranth and Den, and Loranth is shooting at a droid, but it's a uh, it's a, a reveal shortly after she f- shoots down the droid that it was a training droid and that she was training. Yes. They, they weren't in real combat. But we do get, you know, the the idea that she can shoot blaster bolts out of the air with her own blaster bolts, mm-hmm. which is somehow to me more impressive than you know hitting them with a lightsaber and i don't know why that is to me i, I kind of get it i feel like because you're controlling the force through the lightsaber like it's an extension of your arm where the blaster bolt once it leaves your your you have to predict where they're going to shoot and then shoot where that blaster is going to be i mean that's sort of the same idea with the lightsaber you're like you know I can't move the lightsaber in response to someone shooting something going the speed of light or whatever. Yeah. I have to have already put it in front of where it will be. Yeah, I mean, we know that blaster bolts don't move anywhere near the speed of light because you can fucking see them. Well, yes, they are <laughs> technically like plasma bolts. Yeah, they're they're real slow, all things considered. Arrows go faster than blaster bolts. Uh. <laughs> That's why the deadliest person is an Ewok. <laughs> the deadliest person is man. I mean, I mean uh, Green Arrow. Green Arrow, the Ewok. <laughs> you have failed this yub-nub. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that Arrow specifically, the one from the from the show. Not I, that's You mean Arrow, not Arrow. Green yeah, Arrow. Yeah, well, he's Green Arrow well, by the end. You do mean end. Green Arrow he's, by he's season green, five yeah, or whatever. He's Green Arrow after he like runs for mayor or something. That show went on too long. No, the run for mayor is a classic comic book thing. Oh, okay. How dare you? How dare I? He does Not run know for mayor. every Green Arrow comic book thing. I know every Green Arrow comic book thing I need. The one where him and his- Supermax? Well, Supermax is really good, and then the one where him and Green Lantern have to confront his partner Speedy because he's addicted to, like, the crack. Yeah. Well, or heroin also in or whatever, here. All, whatever it was, yeah. Do they do that? Do they make his sister addicted to the crack? Yeah, she will. I mean, she is addicted to vertigo. Oh, okay. Well, that's not the crack rock. That's no. vertigo. Well, because they're like, look, we're the CW. We're not going to be like, ah, uh, yes, we have made this child addicted to the crack rock. It still strides above when, when uh, what's-her-name got addicted to caffeine pills on Saved by the Bell. Yeah. That's, it's very hard <laughs> to get below that line. That I is... can't stop drinking Kool-Aid. I have a problem. I just love the idea of, of like one year before that Saved by the Bell episode, there was an episode of a similar show, like, I don't know, fucking Hey Dude or something, where Melanie got got addicted to Squeeze-Its. <laughs> I think I can't stop. Oh. Every bottle has a cartoon face on it. <laughs> They're mocking me, and yet I cannot stop. <laughs> no one tell Mr. Ernst. <laughs> uh, Mr. Ernst, meanwhile, I don't know, has his pants caught in a fence post and won't let anyone know about it. <laughs> no, I'm just standing here on oh, purpose. I just like taking in the view. <laughs> and that, my friends, is an episode of Hey Dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, anyway... They're shooting at a practice droid. Yes. So she manages to shoot so the droid's shots out of the air, uh, shoots four out, and then gets a fifth right between the eyes of the droid. And mm-hmm. Den's like, hey, good job. The crowd goes wild. Yay. Good job. He's like just mocking her. Which is weird, because honestly, 
If I saw someone shoot four blaster bolts out of midair and hit something with a fifth, I'd be like, God damn, I don't care how many times I see that. That's impressive. Well, you got to wonder how many times you've seen that. I mean, granted, she immediately shuts the droid off after doing this, but do we really think that she just does that like once a day? She turns the droid on and is like, just make zip, sure. zap, zip, zap, and right between the eyes and done. And that's my entire workout. I do a six-minute set every day that includes charging the robot. <laughs> oh, I'm charging the robot. <laughs> But yeah, he's just like, yay, the crowd goes wild. She's like, you asshole to him. And then puts the droid away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, let's put this away. Turn my blasters back to murder. Yeah, yeah. She sets her blasters back to super murder mode. And then her and Dan are sitting around talking about how things are tough or whatever. And then all of a sudden. Things are tough all over. Yeah. All of a sudden she stands up and is like, I have to go. (laughs) Tell tell Jax that I, I, I followed a lead. Goodbye. Yeah. And Dan's like. You know, I would normally say, like, hey, wait, let me come with you. Are you sure? But, I mean, you're an ultra badass, so I don't really care. Yeah. But, you know, I will go ahead and say, maybe wait for Jax? Jax isn't going to be long. He's not doing any... He's just at his regular meeting. This isn't, like, a mystery thing he's doing. Yeah. He's at, like the local whiplash equivalent of AA, you know when he's coming back. Exactly. He's not running down a lead. We know he just went to go get coffee and donuts and talk about how much they hate the Empire and then yeah. come back here. He's coming, so you can wait this one out. And she's like, I cannot. I must go for mysterious purposes. Let me put on a mysterious cloak and go out into the night. Tell Jax I said hello. Which is like, she's going off, like literally as I was reading this, and uh, yeah, spoiler alert for the next page of the fucking book, I was like, oh, she's going to go fight Aura Singh. She senses Aura Singh and she's going to go fight Aura Singh. See, I just, to me, I really like the idea that she had basically a cat moment mm-hmm. where she was like walking around, do do and then just stop, I have to freeze. Go. You're like, oh shit. for the first time ever she stands up on her hind legs only and walks out of the room sideways you're just like oh something fucked up is happening that doesn't look right and she's going (laughs) sideways out of the room oh no i think there's ghosts in here now (laughs) earthquake a coming (laughs) (laughs) but no i I mean my when i was reading i was like oh okay it's time for the the inevitable lady fight of the book because we have aura sing and we have loranth and they're both gun gun people. Well, you know, we have to have them fight because, again, as ladies, you can't have Jackson or a Singh fight because then when Jackson inevitably wins, it'll be like, oh. I mean, especially given that we've watched her lose like four fights in a row now. So it, it just wouldn't be very interesting if, if she also went after Jackson, just also also lost. She's like, I'm the greatest warrior and bounty hunter in the galaxy. And he's like, I've heard different from a com- large number of sources. Weird that because I'm kind of shitty. And uh, I still beat you. Yeah. But anyway, we don't know that yet. She just stalks off into the night and Den's like, God damn it. All right. Well, sure. Have fun. Uh Uh-huh. None of this matters. (laughs) Boy, I sure wish that I had your super force sense when I was a reporter. Oh, yeah. He calls her cub. Oh, cub. And then he says like some down home sweet sassafrasy type wisdom where he's like, great Suki's mother or something. Sweet Suki's aunt. Sweet Suki pie, Uh he says, remembering it's time to watch True Blood. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Sweet Suki's on HBO. (laughs) I read an interview with Anna Paquin about that show recently where she was like, I wanted to do a show with lots of tits and blood and dumb shit happening because I'm, this is literal, this is a real thing she posted. Like, I wanted wanted to do that show because it was like, like dirty and tits and blood and stuff because I'm pale and brunette and small and wayfish and I did not want to spend the rest of my life doing indie dramas about dudes discovering themselves through manic girlfriends. Ah, so she had a Sally Field moment uh-huh. where she was like, I don't want to keep doing this. Yeah, it's exactly what happened. She was just like, I don't want to fucking go down the road Zoe Deschanel is going down right now. <laughs> I've seen that road and it is paved with pain. No, Man th- pain. no thank you. <laughs> I don't want to spend a bunch of weekends having Cameron Crowe cry about high school on me. <laughs> I don't need to be in another one of these movies. It's okay. I'm gonna go I want g- Zach Braff to lose my phone number. <laughs> I'm just going to go point my boobs at a scars guard. <laughs> I don't care which one. That's right. Any one will do. Any scars guard in a storm. <laughs> I just love that. I was like, damn right. That's kind of like the Anna Faris story where Anna Faris was like, yeah, the reason you don't see me in a bunch of serious dramas is I don't fucking want to be. <laughs> hey, you know, it turns out what I actually like doing 
It's comedy. It's dumb. Here I am yeah. doing them. So anyway, uh, throwing kudos out to uh, to random actors here, but, but let's get back to it, huh? Back to it, huh? <laughs> the next page. Aura Singh is wandering through a carnival. I absolutely hate love love hate this carnival <laughs> it's fucking carnival it goes on for so fucking long and it's all these descriptions of like the most amazing things in the world that actually when you stop and think about them sound awful well the i mean the main thing for me is i immediately was like wait a minute where the fuck is this because i was like <laughs> it's like it's less cl- than a kilometer from jack's house yeah because i'm like Jax lives in basically slum shit town yeah and on purpose yes and so then Lorenth is close enough to go like oh someone is nearby and i need to stop them i haven't mentioned it yet but there's a giant fuck off carnival that permanently exists within about three blocks of here i haven't come up yet I, i prefer to think that it's not a permanent carnival that it's a traveling one and that she didn't leave the room in a hurry because she sensed Doris saying but because she smelled funnel cake She's just like, just stop. <gasps> yeah. Funnel cakes, corn dogs, turkey legs. I must go. <laughs> I'm needed. <laughs> I hear the sound of an orange Julius machine. <laughs> <laughs> the force is telling me that I can get cheese curds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Indian fry be- bread. The force has called me out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this giant nonsense carnival is i mean i'll say this i immediately went okay i get it this is a noir trope Mm -hmm. you have to have a fight with a villain in the hall of mirrors now (laughs) i thought that immediately upon knowing that she was in some weird carnival and of course we will get to a hall of mirrors oh yeah yeah We're, we're immediately killing joking this problem but the beginning of this is like oh yeah it's a carnival but this ain't your granddaddy's carnival. Oh, this goodness. is a Star Wars carnival. This is carnival. a Starnival. And let me go ahead and tell you that a Starnival ain't nothing like you expect it. <laughs> There's no Ferris wheels. There's a robo simulator that makes you think you're a Ferris wheel. Yeah. God damn it. I was like, oh, I was hoping to get some Midway games, but instead it's all shit that's like, hey, do you want to pretend to be a construction droid? No, it's all Mr. Megorium's Wonderaporium in this place. It's 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 ridiculous. She basically, as she's walking around, she's like, all right, I'm passing something called the Corabor. Uh, the Corabor is a neural stim booth you get into that makes you think you're a starship. Yeah, you don't just get to sim piloting a starship. Or being a crew on a starship. You get to... Catching a bed with a starship. <laughs> <laughs> Kissing starships. <laughs> starship vomit. <laughs> No, instead, you are the starship, which is weird. That's just a fucking video game. Okay, but here's my thing. They're like, oh, yeah, you'll feel like you're an entire starship. I'm like, how? How is that going to work? Well, they keep mentioning that this... Uh, I mean, the thing is, almost everything they pass at this carnival is some sort of sensorium flooding wonder booth that makes you think you're, you think you're something you're not. Oh, yeah, this is the type of carnival you passed when it was like... I'm going to say mid to late 90s, and there was a point where people were way into VR being the future. Yeah. And you were like, uh, you've got all these VR booths, and you're like, this is the future. It'll blow your mind. And you play as like four polygons fighting a five polygon dragon. <laughs> yeah, but this is, of course, in Star Wars, so it's supposed to be way better. But it is funny because they keep telling you that the, the uh, machines at the booth have the power to give you senses you would not have otherwise had. So either you can sense what it's like to be a starship or you can be turned into a species that can see 16 colors you can't see. And now I guess you can. And I'm like, unless they get in there and mess with the rods and cones in your eyes. No, you can't. Yeah. You'll you'll see them and, and they'll be translated to shit that your regular brain will understand. Mm-hmm. You can't get in a booth and have the booth show you the fifth dimension. Yes. That's that was the thing I, I was thinking when it was like, oh, you'll get the sensorum of a different species. And I was like. Ooh, even that one that sees time? <laughs> yeah. I mean, given that we've already done a species in this book that has weird senses. Yeah. I forget what it was That's why I immediately went yeah. to that thing. But anyway, yeah. So she passes the one that lets you think you're a starship, then the one that lets you think you're a droid, and it's so boring sounding. It's like, this is the one that'll let you turn into any kind of droid. Engineering, construction, security, even translating, even a protocol droid. And I'm like, even a protocol droid? That's uh. That's lame. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, and it'll change your persona too. And I'm so like, you're like a droid. Oh, great. So I could be a prissy dude who's who's constantly being like, he said hello. Oh yeah. my. <laughs> great. I'm gonna walk around. Someone's gonna bump into me, and instead of going, hey asshole, I'll just go, oh, oh dear, oh dear, boop. <laughs> Unless it's a droid or someone I consider a lesser to me for some reason, in which case I will launch into a fit at them. <laughs> oh, you, how dare you? You malevolent hunk of tin. Oh, oh how dare you? <laughs> I don't want to be a protocol droid. Everything 3PO goes through sounds like it's awful. Well, they do at least mention like, oh, and droids are pissed off about <laughs> this one because they're like, you don't get the true droid experience where someone could just dismember you randomly. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's just the 3PO experience. I feel like that would be the number one thing I'd ask for if I was put into a droid booth and made me think I was a droid. I'd be like, I don't know, turn me into 8D8, that droid that was flipped up. Or no, he was just the, the dude in the... Turn me into that droid that was getting uh, turn me tortured. Into the, the, the tortured the gonk droid. You turn me into that gonk droid that was getting foot tortured by that sexy ass ninety nine. Oh yeah. What I want, <laughs> I want, I want some sexy droid, droid torture porn. <laughs> well, whatever you're into, load up number three. <laughs> yep, very original. <laughs> oh my, that's very strange and kinky. All right, give him the give him the special. We need another burn my feet droid, mommy. <laughs> I'm imagining so many bored carnies here where people are like, I want to be a spaceship, but I only want a Mon Cal piloting me, and he's very rough on the controls. Yeah, yeah, we get it. <laughs> Same as everybody, buddy. <laughs> yeah, get in line. <laughs> That's between unusually sensitive Zabrak <laughs> and Anakin using you for flips and spins. It's a good trick. <laughs> Which is why it costs so much. <laughs> so there's the machine that'll turn you into any droid you want. There's the machine that'll turn you into any species you want. And there's the machine that'll turn you whatever size you want. Oh, yes. Because there's the other one that's like, oh, you get to Alice in Wonderland. This shit, you could turn so that you think you're a giant or you're as small as a germ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. Everyone wants to be turned into a little guy and it's his birthday. <laughs> yeah, we get it. You want to be about Five foot four, it's fine. <laughs> Just get between the guys in the Ewok line and the guys in the uh, tall people line, the Chewbacca line. Ah, the Chewbacca line. Everyone wants to be Chewbacca. Kashyyyk's most famous Wookiee. He's never left the planet. <laughs> you, If you forget, this is the Clone Wars era. Look, he's got no life debt. It's great. I don't know why Gilbert Gottfried is working at the carnival. Someone gave him $200. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's right. He got in touch with us. <laughs> That's right. Now we know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he did not. Uh, the, the quest to get Gilbert Gottfried to tell us how much he gets paid to be in the worst movies ever is ongoing. Ongoing discoveries. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Uh, the important thing is as she passes through all this and a bunch of live shows and food carts and toy vendors and other hologram booths and strip clubs and whatever, the reason we're hearing all this cool shit that the Star Wars booth ha or a carnival has is so we can find out that none of it impresses the mighty Aura Singh. Well, yeah, because Aura Singh is the character, as we have very clearly established by this point, that sucks. And so... <laughs> Plus, she's got depression. <laughs> when she walks through this carnival, she's like... You know what I love about this carnival? The noise. The chaos. I love chaos. Of course, I would never indulge in any of this. Too pedestrian. It's all beneath me. All these people aren't even people. <laughs> these people going about their lives, thinking they matter. I'm the one who matters. I think I'll be the crow for Halloween this year. That'll send a powerful statement. <laughs> a powerful statement that I only have one costume and that's the only one that i wear <laughs> i spent four hundred dollars on electrical tape in 2002 and i'll be damned if i don't get my money back <laughs> <laughs> oh god the fact that she is going through all of this and from her point of view is just like yes that's right so many of these people around here would be tempted oh by all these wonders but not me. I've got a mission and I can't be swayed. <laughs> Why, not even a hot dog on a stick can stop Aura Singh. <laughs> a magnet on a telescoping pole? That would be so useful if I dropped my keys down a grate. Yet I must press on, for I am Aura Singh. <laughs> I stop for nothing, for the mission is everything. <laughs> then I fell through that tomato. I cannot believe it. 
<laughs> ah, truly, I could use that knife in my many killings. <laughs> would a, would I a no, would, were I a normal person, I might stop and have a photograph of myself taken as an old-timey cowgirl. But I am not a normal person. I am Aura Singh. <laughs> God damn it. Ah. <laughs> uh. uh. Yeah, and also because we have a moment while she's stomping around, while she remembers for herself that she's hot, because she's just like, I I must be a very striking figure to these people with my shocking top-knot geyser of perfect red hair from my white, mysterious body and clad in a lithe and kinky jumpsuit. But anyone who gives me a come-on receives one of the following two things. Nothing whatsoever. Or a stare that would melt the heart of a nuclear furnace. God damn it. <laughs> She's just cringe tweet on Ma- on Maine for the most part. She just she just lives her life as a series of cringe edgelord bullshit. Oh yeah, it's great, especially because she has bought into her own shit so hard. <laughs> yes, she's like, oh yeah, when I'm walking down the street and I I feel so tough and people look at me and then they're like, uh, and they they turn away. It's because I look like a badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is the problem with the whole noir fight setting where they want to do a, ho- a House of Mirrors fight is the House of Mirrors fights work when your villain is a psychological type. Yeah. If someone who want wants someone to mess with you. Who's like, oh, detective, is this reality or is this but a delusion? Yeah. Or I'm, I'm just going to stand in the House of Mirrors and Joker laugh at you until you finally find me in here. Uh, but she doesn't want to do any of that. She just wants to march right up to someone and murder them. So she's not a good noir villain. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, she, she is. She's a good noir heavy, but this isn't a scene for a noir heavy. No, this is supposed to be the detective chasing the villain into the House of Mirrors and having the whole like, ah, oh, I'm shooting at nothing. Oh, am I over here or am I over here? Yeah, and the villain has the upper hand the whole time. But anyway, yeah, so she stomps into uh, the hollow of the, mirrors. Yeah, the hollow of mirrors, the, ho- the the room of hollows, which is basically a bunch of a laser grid where uh, everywhere that any laser intersects, it will randomly replicate an, a perfect hologram of someone else somewhere else in the the room of hollows. Yeah. So they it essentially gives you a non mirrored version of uh anyone that is currently in the hall. Yeah, because so, obviously if it was a regular hall of mirrors, then you'd have her being like, uh, normal villains are fools. They don't notice that the flower is in his left lapel. Yeah. But instead, she's just walking through and she's like, oh, so now you can't tell. And the whole point of this is because sometimes it's a projection, but sometimes it's the actual person there. So it's basically like, grope excuse the, the ride. Yes. Where you're like, Oh, sorry, I grabbed your boobies. I thought this was a projection and I was going through the other room. You thought it was okay to grab a projection of my boobies? Yes. And the fact that you call them boobies tells me that you're not ready to grab at my holographic boobies. Also, I am normally a hologram. This is all very offensive. (laughs) All right, the doctor, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, the, the fact that this is like... Oh, it's so hilarious. You'll go to walk into another room because you assume it's a projection and you'll bump right into someone. Oh, and then the conversations you'll have. Yes. And we even see some of that play out as she walks in. Um, As she's walking into the... Because the, she senses that there is definitely someone who is strongly connected to Jack's Pavan somewhere in this building. Yeah, someone who has the force and is strongly connected to the idea of Jack's Pavan. Now, it's, that's a weird way to dodge around the fact that it's Loranth in there. Yes. To be like, I sent someone who was strongly connected to Jax Pavan. Like, so it's probably Jax Pavan. He's strongly connected to himself. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but if I anyone's going to be connected to Jax Pavan, it's probably Jax Pavan. <laughs> I just find it funny that they'd bother. Because, you know, this is the second half of a chapter that ended with Loranth going, I must go. I have to get in a mysterious fight. I have to go and be in a hall of mirrors because I know what I'm in. I know this type of story. Yeah. It's just weird that we're bothering with this whole, like, it might be Jax in here. And we're like, it isn't. Jax is at that meeting being confronted by Typho. Yeah. He didn't <laughs> He didn't leave the fucking AA meeting and go, you know what I need is some carnival time. 
<laughs> that got pretty heavy. I need a hot dog on a stick and a great big soda. <laughs> I need to wander around this carnival until I get tired and then sit in those vibrating chairs that don't actually do anything. They make your feet numb for like 30 seconds. Yeah. You'll walk around and go, ah, oh, my feet are so much better. And then after 30 seconds, you're like, oh, no, they were numb. <laughs> they still are in pain and terrible. I want to go not quite be able to see a pig race because there's 7,000 people there. Yeah, I want to be able to, I don't know, get in the stands for someone to auction off a <laughs> hog. I want to take a wrong turn and realize I've wandered into high school art fair displays. That is exactly what you want to do, though. <laughs> That's where you and I have our probably second most fun at carnivals. <laughs> Number one being making fun of the, th- of the of preschoolers. Uh, preschoolers. <laughs> There's nothing better in life than making fun of the thank you for visiting our school, like kindergarten writing. Oh, God. (laughs) They're the the best. best. I love them so much. (laughs) Every time it's just like, thank you for bringing the the Kinko Jew. I enjoy the path. It has a path. (laughs) The alligator always gets you. It bites you and it gets you and it always finds you and it always gets you. <laughs> you're like, I'm always like, hell yeah, kid, preschooler, you write amazing ideas. <laughs> kid, you're amazing. <laughs> Everything you've written is great. Yeah. Anyway, enough carnival talk. Uh, the, so eventually she stomps around this hall of hollows enough to encounter a figure clad in a Jedi type cloak facing away from her. And oh, how the aura of Jack's Pavan association radiates from this. Definitely. Probably Jack's Pavan. Oh yes. And she's like, it's strange though. I am nearby and I can sense the force wafting off of this person and I'm using the force. And yet there is no sense of worry or alarm mm-hmm. that I am nearby. Perhaps this Jax Pavan is merely a piece of shit that sucks, unlike me, because I know I'm awesome. Yeah, you know what? I forgot. We got way into a tangent, but I wanted to mention that uh, she stomps by a couple of normal people in the in the Hall of Mirrors trying to make out with each other's images. And she's like, you people aren't even people. You won't leave a lasting mark on the galaxy. I will. Maybe not one that people like, but I'll matter in the end. God. <laughs> Uh, just relax and enjoy the fact that of the people in this book, you're one of the three who gets an action figure. Huh? <laughs> uh, you and Vader and I guess Palpatine gets dr- name dropped here. And Typho. There. Oh, Typho definitely has an action figure. Good point. Yeah. So there's three. There you are. Any hoozles. Uh, yeah. She she finds Loranth and uses the force. She seems to be increasingly force sensitive throughout the course of this book. Like when we first met her, she was like, yeah, I was originally going to be a Jedi. But then like when I was nine, I, I got stole by pirates. So I have like very dim concepts of force connection, but nothing serious. And now she's like, oh, I can send out the force and use it as telekinesis. And I can do regular style lightsaber fighting. Yeah. No, she <laughs> normally it's like, yeah, I've got what a essentially amounts to danger sense. I've got like the force spidey sense yes. normally. Yeah, she's a burnout Jedi. But instead, she's like in this chapter, oh, and I've used the force to track a force user to here and then I reach out with the force to tap him on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, that's weird. You're getting forcier by the minute. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, she taps Loranth on the shoulder and Loranth whirls around and uh, and she's like, ah, shit, it's another lady. And it's not the person I thought. And when Lorenth whirls around, she's already got hand blasters out. Oh, yeah. She's, already, she's like, I- someone has tapped me on the shoulder with the force and it is fucking go o'clock. Yeah. And when I say hand blasters, I mean without a D because she uses DL44s. Yeah. So hands blasters. Hand blasters. Yeah. And she, but she uses two of them because she's somehow more badass than hand. <laughs> and of course, she went down to hand blasters, the carnival... <laughs> place that serves you i don't know cheese and onions on a baguette full of frog legs i don't know so hand blasters is chicken charlie's in your universe basically (laughs) we live in the test market area where chicken charlie's became a permanent store for a while Mm. it was gross (coughs) yep there's something about chicken charlie's where it's okay to eat provided you are Oh, at a fair, and you're like, yeah, I guess three layers of deep fried hamburger served with served out of a, a hollowed out deep fried powdered sugared pineapple makes perfect sense to me. But when you're like, it's Tuesday and it's lunchtime and I need something to eat, I'll go to Chicken Charlie's. Oh man, it just 
it feels bad. <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm a bad person for doing this. Oh, I should, you know, it's a regular ass day and I just want some lunch between the shifts at the office. I think I'll stop by and get a cheeseburger where the buns are giant deep fried Oreos. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a regular thing for me to do. A normal food. That's right. Anyway, the two of them get in a fight right away. And uh, <laughs> Loranth is a badass. So there's no getting around it. So even though, oh, God, I forgot. We got to mention that she th- went right up until the point where she thought that this was uh, Jack's Pavan. Uh, Aura Singh was getting real horny on Maine about it, where she was like, I can't wait to tickle his navel with the tip <laughs> of my lightsaber. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to give him the old slap and tickle. <laughs> I just want to get lost in his big, dumb, idiot arms. <laughs> I heard he was a white man. I am going to fall in love with him. <laughs> uh, but anyway, she's she's grumpy when she realizes she doesn't have Jack's Pavan on a hook. She has this random lady who is shooting all kinds of blaster bolts at her and blocking the lightsaber with them. Because not only can Loranth block blasters in the air, she can shoot lightsabers to deflect them. She's a maniac. Really? Yeah, she did it at least once in the chapter. Okay. Yeah, a lightsaber came, swing came in, and she like got her blaster under it and shot up, and it went around the top of her head instead. Sweet. She's she's a crazy fighter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, <laughs> the fact that you know blaster bolts are actual bolts. Yeah, does mean they have you know weight mass. Yeah, they knock people backwards and so on in the in the uh, in the movies and everything. But here, this fight's neat because it's it's uh, it's Aura Singh using what isn't her base her base weapon. She's lightsabering because she wants to be a show off. And she's fighting L- Loranth, who's like, no, I don't fuck around with that shit. I use two blasters. Yeah. I'm going to murder you. And it's just firing wi- uh, crazily accurately and g- watching them getting blocked. And again, we see a yet another step up in force sensitivity from Aura Singh because she's using the, the lightsaber to bounce the bolts back, which that is entirely a Jedi trick. Yeah. Fuck you. You didn't learn how to do that. That's not. They don't teach that shit to the nine-year-olds. But <laughs> in the fight, like... All right, I blocked several of them and then almost get my head taken off by a bolt that still like singes and she's leaves a, a big burn on her on her face. Well, she's pale white. I'm pretty sure any any blaster fire within five feet of her gives her a sunburn. Lol. <laughs> but she is getting just once again the shit kicked out of her. Uh-huh. And you know she's like, oh no, I, I'm I'm the best badass and the most amazing hunter and. I'll have to take this one alive because even if it's not Jack's Pavan, this one is associated and clearly knows Jack's Pavan. And you're like, yeah, you're not going to do anything. Also, I'm not being convinced that you're losing because you're trying to keep her alive, especially after the point where where uh, Loranth manages to drop a blaster just long enough to sock Aura Singh in the face and then get her blaster back again. Yeah, I'm like. (laughs) You are the only reason you aren't absolutely dead right now is because you have a lightsaber. Yeah. And that's deadly enough in close combat that she can't just walk up to you and beat the crap out of she you. She tries at one point in mid fight to switch to her gun only to find out that Loranth can shoot blaster bolts out of the air. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, this person is way better than I am. And so eventually she just like uh, Jedi jumps through the. Two ceiling, floors yeah. of this hollow projection place is like, I'm going to hold my lightsaber straight up and then just jump through the ceiling and then I'll wait for her to leave and then follow her because because I'm a great tracker and this is the smart thing to do. Not because I've just al- almost got my shit pushed in again. I didn't lose. The hunt has just begun. I didn't lose. I didn't lose. I cry as I shrink and turn into a corn cob. Don't put in the newspaper that I lost. <laughs> I go I, I go to one of the booths that let me feel like I'm smaller and a corn cob. <laughs> All the sentient corn cobs standing outside sulking because they're like, that's not the real corn cob experience. <laughs> you don't have the real corn cob experience. <laughs> Getting turned into a pipe. <laughs> there's a, I, I want to say there's a point where... No, never mind. I, I I had something and I've lost it. There was a. Ah. It's okay. It's fine. But yeah, so she she lunges her way out of the building and it's just like, well, I'll just track her instead. 
Yes, and then she'll lead oh. me straight to my prey. Okay, I just remember what I wanted to say. Thank you. The digression took me off. It was the point where she goes, I think that this woman might be one of the gray paladins, the blaster-wielding Jedi. The blasters are the key. <laughs> you see, a Force user who's using blasters might be one of those blaster-using Jedi. I can tell because of the blasters, and I've seen some pixels in my time. <laughs> It's not a good time to show off your deductive ability either, Aura Singh. you are just, the worst. Stop. She's the Dermot of Star Wars. You're so bad at everything. I would kill you right now, but I had to register my blasters as lethal weapons with Innistep. Freaking government made me do that. Yeah, they are lethal weapons, and you can't kill anyone with them. My chi isn't properly aligned right now, so I'm going to go. I, plus, I'm not wearing my tabby socks. God damn it. Or saying, I cannot wait. I hope we get the final encounter in this book because we're getting to, to the end and I need her to get clowned on one last time to finish this out. I'm sure we will see her get clowned on. We won't see her die. She has a change of well, heart no. and dies at 80. I was going to say, we know for sure she doesn't die here. Yes. Yeah. She lives through this. She dies. She, she dies of old age. We know that because we did a bonus content episode on her once. So she lives through this shit. Uh, I mean, she doesn't die of old age. Well, I think she dies of something, but she's like 80 when she does. Yes. Yeah. But we don't know how long her species might live, so... Oh, she lives forever. She's so much older than anyone else could possibly know. Why, she's 26. (laughs) Why, she'll live forever. (laughs) That's just what 26-year-olds think. (laughs) Okay, Uh. so... uh, But anyway, yeah, once... Loranth jumps out of the building, and because when when Orisin jumps out of the building, she jumps like a kilometer into the air to get away from this situation. Oh yeah, she just jumps straight up, mm-hmm. and then for some reason, Orisin, the person who has you know about a half a year of training in her Jedi powers, mm-hmm. can track Loranth, but Loranth is incapable of going. Oh, you went straight up. I can tell. Well, no, she jumps after her and then changes her mind. There's a point for a little while while Lorant while Orising uh, is hanging on Orisang's the edge of the like, building. I can just tell she's standing around in the Hall of hmm. Mirrors, basically. Well, basically, all Lorant does is calls Jax. <laughs> she's what? just like, "Hey, Jax, uh, I think someone really important hired someone else really important to kill you because they just tried to kill me, but they thought I was you." Hey. Uh, someone hired Orisang to kill you. Uh, this is one of my favorite parts of this is, is when, uh, Den Durr's like, only one person in the galaxy can afford Orisang. And I'm like, then she's got a shitty business model. <laughs> Man. Well, you really lucked into it then, I guess. <laughs> she's infamous throughout the galaxy for her abilities. How? If only one person in the galaxy can afford her and he's only been around for two years. Huh? <laughs> Uh, well, you know, up until this point, she did pro bono work. Yeah, it's just that recently she was like, she must have done some big, like, Kanye West-style announcement where she got, like, a, right before she went to that space prison that she starts in in this book, where she went on TV and she was like, from now on, all of my appearances for bounty hunting cost $30 billion. Anyway, I'm going to jail now. Only Darth Vader levels of money can hire me. Bye. (laughs) Spread the word. Spread the word that you can't hire me. (laughs) But yeah, so not because I'm in jail or nothing, but because I'm too good. Yeah. Plus, the the chapter ends with Jackson Den and Loranth having a she's the world's ultimate badass type discussion about Aura Singh, which rings very hollow. Yeah. Look, we've we've all been reading this book now. <laughs> Everyone here's like, ah, yes, someone's hired Aura Singh, an ultra badass, says Loranth, the person who just clowned on her. Why a heartsick bodyguard could take her in a fight. <laughs> But she's the world's greatest battler. God. Uh, so she's somewhere between Dermot and Vegeta. It's basically her her lot in life. She'll never get a big W because there's someone else who's always the star of the book. Aw. So, uh, so Lorraine's like, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure she's tracking me, so you'll probably have to confront her at some point here. Yeah. You go about your day, though. Yeah, don't, don't worry, worry too much about it. It's just a thing. It's fine. <laughs> I'll just lead her to cool places to fight that she will waste by not being interested in them. <laughs> and Jax is like, oh, wow, that's super dangerous. I guess we don't want to stick around if that level of heat is being thrown at us. I need to go talk to, to uh, uh, what's her name? Deja. Deja Duare. And be like, lady, we can't uh, keep doing the investigation into the death of your partner. 
because uh, you know we're, we're, we're scared of we're scared of Aura Singh. That's right. We're so scared of Aura Singh, you guys. <laughs> Super scared. And that's what ends the chapter is him being like, "Yeah, Den, fine. I'll go talk to Deja." Now, uh, before they get a chance to talk to Deja in the next chapter, though, they get confronted by the police. Yeah, that's right. Old Pole House shows yeah. up. Our Bothan police chief, who we have not seen in a while, shows up and is like, hey, I, I'm going to list off the last several chapters of events that happened. Hey, did you guys know that for the last several chapters, you've uh, very poorly interrogated three different people? Yeah, I've got you for getting in a fight at the carnival, uh, you for threatening a, a legitimate businessman, and you for impersonating a police officer. And I really wanted Den to be like, I was already in jail for impersonating a police officer. You can't threaten me with that. That's, yeah, that's you, double you, jeopardy. You need another one, buddy. <laughs> How did you and I not already have a scene where you made fun of me for doing that? <laughs> I mean, you're a police chief. Uh, But then, of course, when uh, fucking Jax hears... Him go, oh, you were threatening some businessman. He's like, one, that guy is an actual thief yeah. and, uh, like, illegal trade broker. Yeah, that was Spafon. He's like, Spafon is a, is a legitimate piece of shit and trade broker. Two, and I didn't rough up one of his housemen. That was a Cathar who was trying to murder me. He must have weighed 1,500 pounds. <laughs> and he threw the first punch. He was basically a rhino cat murder monster. So... My dude. Yeah. And of course, Pole House is like, yeah, I actually don't care about any of the crimes or whatever. I just want you to stop. I want to stop fucking hearing about you. I just, God damn it. You are becoming annoying. And the more annoying you become, the more likely I am to throw you in jail. So you stop being annoying. Yes. So when they're all like, hey, I didn't do anything. He's like, yeah, I don't care if you did anything or not. I am sick of your names. I don't want anyone to put a report in front of me that has any of your names on it. Because if they do, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. I don't care what Spawn did to you. I don't care what you did back. I'm just sick of the three of you. Oh, well, you want to know what Spawn did? Spawn D's nuts. <laughs> All right, you're going to jail. Uh, that's enough. <laughs> that's super culturally insensitive to the, bo uh, insensitive to the Bothans. <laughs> How? I'm not going into it. Both of these nuts. Both of these nuts. Both of wooey these nuts. <laughs> Uh, many Bothans died for these nuts. <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> the nuts jokes. We did all of them. All right. So, so yeah, they're like, all right, fine. Sorry. Sorry, Jesus. Okay. Well, now when I talk to Deja, I've got to be like, all right, not only is it clear that Darth Vader has this on his personal shit list and is, is disgorging billions of credits to hire super bounty hunters to get us, but also the cops are mad at us. So we really, we'll still do the part where we get you off planet, but the investigation into Hill, who killed Vesvolet is over. Yeah. All right. Unless you got a really good vagina, really, <laughs> a really good vagina. <laughs> I mean, top shelf. I mean, if your vagina was a tequila, we're talking above Patron. <laughs> Look, I need to be able to describe your vagina as especial. <laughs> you can. It has sour cream and top tomatoes in it. <laughs> no, that's supreme. <laughs> oh, oh, shoot. Sorry. Ah, <laughs> oh, the vagina supreme. <laughs> With sour cream and chopped tomatoes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. He heads over to Deja's, and Deja just greets him wearing, I don't know, the clouds. Nothing. Yeah, it's funny because the she walks up and opens the door, and and she's already laying on the sex smell real thick, and she's wearing another one of her dresses. Which it's weird because we've done her dresses like four times in this book already, and they can't. It's like they can't think of anything new. It's a molecule thick, shimmery piece of of uh, of shift fabric that covers most of her body. Uh, but it looks like it's made out of clouds, and sometimes, you keep thinking it's going to be see-through, and it never is. Yeah, sometimes it's, you know, just the outline of her body, and it, it shimmers and floats, but sometimes it clings in all mm -hmm. the right places, and you're like, all right, I get it. I keep thinking I'm going to see a nipple, and I never do. It's like when I'm watching Avatar. I mean, the movie, not The Last Airbender. That'd be weird. <laughs> that'd, that'd, that'd be uh It's like when I'm watching Avatar, and I'm like... Come on, Zuko, your shirt's off. Where's your nips? <laughs> Makes sense, man. Did your dad burn them off? <laughs> Why ain't you got little nip scars? <laughs> I want to see them little nip scars. 
I mean, when you Little look at Lip Scars, of course, <laughs> being the main villain of The Lion King 2. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Neytiri from the Avatar movie where she's yes. wearing like that thing made of beads and yet somehow it's always perfect. Or like if you're a little kid, you're reading the uh the Sears catalog for for uh because you got no other masturbation material and it takes you like 6 years to realize they're airbrushing the nipples out. Oh, I- <laughs> like this sheer bra and you're like, "Ooh, which reveals nothing." Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. This is one of those things where it's like, "Yeah, this is clinging and you'll Oh, you'll see the outline of the nipple, but you're not going to see the nipple. <laughs> I really wanted to wear a dress that's just scrambled porno, the dress. <laughs> oh, it's green and purple, and it kind of bluish and jumbles up and down a little bit. But every once in a while, it snaps into just a negative image. And you're like, ooh, she's naked in there. Ooh, I th- I think I see you might see something. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it's all like the vertical holds broken again. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Oh, scrambled porno, the dress. Someone make that for the Oscars. Come on. <laughs> Put that, Get shit. that in the Met Gala. Put that shit on Bjork. Put that shit on Bjork. <laughs> or, I don't know, Billy Porter. I can see Billy Porter wearing a scrambled porno dress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, anyway, back to it. So she is, she doesn't know why he's here yet. She thinks he's here to fuck down, apparently. I guess, because the- when she greets him, she's just like, oh, I see you're here. Let me bring you into the sex den with the sex lighting. I'll wear my sex dress and put out my sex mat. And I'll smells. sit right next to you. And there's a point where he, she sits next to him and he, he's like, I'm uncomfortable because she's sitting next to me. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you haven't yet set the terms of what this this conversation is. And you know she's been expecting a sex visit. Yeah. Like, she assumed you were going to ask for sex last time you met. Yeah. So when she sits down next to him and is like, and what can I do for you exactly? And he's like, we're quitting your dumb case. Also, this is my favorite part of this whole fucking book so far is the point where he gets too overwhelmed by her sex smells. And so he's like, hey, can you like knock that shit off? <laughs> hey, can you uh, can you cut it with the stank? She's like, oh, fine. Well, you don't like it. I thought people liked my smells. <laughs> he's like. Yeah, no, you gotta... Everyone likes your smells, but they're very inappropriate in this... It's so distracting. Context-dependent, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like, handing someone nude photos over and over again. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what she's doing. She's basically... The the human equivalent of what a Zeltron does would be to just hand them their their Playboy shoot while they're trying to talk. Like, like, oh, welcome to my apartment. Here's a picture of Mm -hmm, me naked. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, and uh, we're here to discuss a bank loan, ma'am. I really don't think that... uh, Oh, that's interesting. I wonder what the uh, the rate is on that. And here's another picture of me naked. Okay, yeah, I uh, d- yeah, we got th- I, we can discuss a lot of potential variables because of fixed loan incomes. Huh, and- now I th- see that the mortgage rate here is me naked. <laughs> that's what she's doing. Like I I don't understand how it's not considered ultra gauche for these people to constantly do this. <laughs> But he's just, we finally established that, no, it's not involuntary, because he's like, hey, can you fucking tone it down a little with those pheromones? And she's like, pout, fine. And then he can see clearly again. Yeah, and then he's like, okay, and by the way, we have to actually stop doing the case. And she's like, oh, well, now I'm super pouty. Yeah, she gets ultra pouty. She's like, why? Uh, and he's like, well, because Darth Vader hired a mega assassin to murder me and the police are after us. And probably more relevantly, we're shitty detectives and we have... <laughs> nothing look we we did everything we could we already tried doing nothing mm-hmm. what else can we do <laughs> we tried nothing and we're all out of ideas <laughs> uh, we tried investigating bugs meaning like three times and apparently he didn't do it look we've brought red herring into the police five times already <laughs> uh, we sat in elaborate trap <laughs> All it caught was a Harvey, or a Harlem Globetrotter. <laughs> Harvey Keitel. It caught a Harvey. <laughs> it caught a Harvey Keitel. Uh. It caught a Harvey Danger. <laughs> Just one of them. It caught Harvey Dangerfield. What? <laughs> yeah, that's right. The fuck is that? <laughs> Everybody's not respected me? That's a weird version of the song. Strange. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's like, oh, well, that is very interesting, I guess. And he's like, look. Unless you have a piece of information that is super relevant and might be able to help us crack this case now. There's a point where she's like, what if I had sex with you about it? Like, that's literally (laughs) like, well, why are you leaving? What can I do? He's like, it's not about the money or anything. Your money's great and all, but everything's getting a little too hot. And she's like, but what else could I do? 
to your dick. What could I uh, do? <laughs> you know. What manner of job could I do? <laughs> and, and there's a point where he's like, oh, man, that sounds extra like, that sounds like Vagina Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the Vagina Especial. <laughs> oh, grilled instead of fried? Okay. <laughs> Ooh, that's got that blue agave. <laughs> so there's there's literally a point where she's she's like, well, she first she's like, well, am I not paying you enough? I thought I was giving you fucks a shit ton of money. Do I just need to double it? I can just fucking double it. I'm rich as hell. You don't and understand. He, and he's like, I've no, got so much money. It's not the money. And she's like, well, can we have sex about it? And he's like, no. Here, let me point at my vagina and go. What else can I uh uh do? Uh, just doing those Taylor uh, Swift groin smacks. You just hey, hey. Is there something I could do about this? <laughs> this is so complicated without the fucking pheromones or the fucking pheromones. Uh, and and big baby that he is, he's like, oh no. Why the movement she's making could almost be construed as sexual, boy. I sure am a dirty pervert for thinking that. I'm like, oh my God, man. Because <laughs> he's like, this is the thing that sways him when she's like, can we have sex about it? And he's like, you, I, uh, well, only, oh, God damn it. I can't just say no to that. Uh, only if we had some kind of really fucking good lead, I guess. She's like, oh, well, let me tell you. There's this person who lives down the hall. I haven't told you about them yet. A drow. A drow that lives down the hall. Uh, the drawl in the hall. Mm-hmm. And we uh we got together recently. Normally she doesn't come out and visit. She's very studious. But we had some Dianoga tea. Which amazingly he doesn't respond by being like, Isn't that the sewer garbage bu- dumpster monster? Yes. <laughs> it is. But you serve her a glass of dumpster juice? What the fuck? Oh no. It's like the whole civet coffee. It sounds like it should be the grossest make, thing ever. We make regular tea and then pass it through a Dianoga. We ha- we get a bunch of leaves, feed it to a Dianoga. The Dianoga shits the leaves out. We steep those. <laughs> I was just like, at first, that's at first I was like, ah, oh, nasty. Did that? Did the author just think oh, I need a Star Wars monster? Uh, Dianoga, great gun. Done. Move ahead. But then I was like, yeah, no, John's right here. It's probably supposed to be like civet coffee, where they take the grossest monster imaginable and think it makes the tea good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. If you take the spleen of a Dianoga and. Use it in your tea. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, sure. But but yeah, she's like, oh, yeah. The drawl came over and we had some Dianoga tea and probably fucked. And then she was like, oh, hey, did you know that I saw a whatever the hell? Vindalian. Vindalian. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, a big onion? You saw a big sweet onion? <laughs> you, saw, <laughs> you saw a big onion? Wow, that sounds pretty supreme. <laughs> And she's not, she's like, oh, I didn't see a Vidalian. I saw a Vindalian. You remember those two tall people you had to meet with once and you like really insulted them? Yeah. They're the only Vindalians in the book. You remember Baron Umberbite? Yeah. You know, the art dealer who you immediately went and were like, hey, hey, I'm a piece of shit. And he went, yes, you are. Uh-huh. You remember that? And then you met his wife and you were like, wow, all Vindalians must be into huge fat ladies. <laughs> all Vindalians have the same kink. I know this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you want a fucking giant fat lady. Get in line number two. <laughs> Look, line number one, you want someone rough and ready on your controls as a spaceship. Line number two, you're a Vendalian and you got a big wife. <laughs> line number three, you're a little guy and it's your birthday. Oh, we've seen them all, buddy. Welcome to the Carnival of Coruscant. <laughs> Look, this is basically something wicked this way comes the carnival. It's fine. <laughs> no new ideas under the sun. <laughs> We've seen it all. We've done it all. <laughs> Have I personally been a Vindalian and had sex with my giant wife? Of course. Of course. Who hasn't? <laughs> Who hasn't had sex with my giant wife? <laughs> uh, that's why we've got this tent. Have sex with my giant wife. <laughs> anyway, so she's like, yeah, I, uh, we, someone saw a huge Vindalian skulking around Vess's house three days before the murder. Yeah. That. Uh, oh, wow. Huh. Interesting. And before I can act on that, ding dong. Oh, the doorbell, except not the doorbell. He senses it with the force and then the doorbell. And he's like, uh, I'll get it, madam, even though we're in your house. I'll get that because I need to get my boner away from you. (laughs) 
any excuse to get up and, you know, adjust, tuck it up. Plus, I can't let you go to the door. You're wearing clouds. And she'd be like, yeah, I always answer the door in fucking clouds. Quit being a prude. (laughs) (laughs) This is probably my fuck delivery boy. (laughs) Look, I'm not going to lie to you. To a Zeltron, this is dirty sweatpants in my college sweater. (laughs) Look, you can even see the cloud spells out Columbia. (laughs) Uh, What? What you thought was a ripple that seems like light breaking through, that's mustard, okay? (laughs) I eat a lot of ripples of light breaking through. It's normal for my species. Look, I was down at the carnival. (laughs) Quit acting like you special. (laughs) I was having a big old hot dog on a stick, and I happened to get a little bit of mustard on my cloud dress. (laughs) Anyway, he's like, I'll get the door because I am a chivalrous man. And he goes to the door and well, who's, it's, he's like, oh, I'm going to get the door because I can tell it's that fucking Cathar. Yeah, it's a Cathar. He senses it's that big Cathar Sela from the Spothon uh, episode a couple se- episodes back. Yep. Goes to the door and sure enough, there's Sela who he beat in a fight. So Sela has to be his permanent slave. Yeah. And he was just like, oh man, is this guy coming here because he wants a rematch or something? And instead, Sela's like, ah, hello, my conqueror, which is... Purely sexual on Maine. Oh, yeah. Hello, my conqueror. Throw Is there wide anything your... you would like to grab would on you, me? Would you like me to throw wide my gates and welcome you, my conqueror? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Shaka when the walls fell, am I right, my conqueror? <laughs> blow your horn, Jericho. <laughs> or should I blow yours? <laughs> But anyway, this giant cat man is just like, like, ah, my conqueror, I have done some detective work because I thought you might like that. I have heard rumors and whispers of things. It appears as though Baron Umber uh, definitely did it. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and he's like, does this please you? And uh, Jax is like, yeah, actually, it pleases me so much. It earns you manumission. Quit acting like I'm your conqueror. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you got the, uh, I give you your life back. Go on. I love that it works with Cathar, where you can be like, fuck you. You have your life back. Leave me the shit alone. Because on a Wookiee, they'd be like, you can't, you, you can't just. That's not how this works. You can't just turn down the life debt. <laughs> Look, I already adopted you. Look, if you, you can't if, unadopt yourself. If you save my life, the only way to get out of it is to c- contrive a wacky scenario by which I save your life. It's sitcom rules with Wookiees. Also, a judge said I need to be your butler. (laughs) Sir, I am your butler. Is there anything you would like cleaned or pressed, sir? (laughs) Uh, Get this Cathar out of here. Jesus Christ. Are you in estrus? What the fuck? Males do not go into estrus, but I will if you want me to. (laughs) I have been known to pretend. (laughs) I shall now go be muscly in your house and await you. Uh, 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 Pop and pecs. Sir, shall we play that game where I pop my pecs to an unspoken tune and you guess what song it is? <laughs> what a fun game! Yes, carry on! I would to, I've, how much would you love to play that with Terry Crews? <laughs> this entire thing has now turned me into a complete hedonist. Carry on, yes! All right, so the Cathar fucks along, but Jesus Christ, for him to be like, thank you, that's very useful information. What do you know? It corroborates what Deja told me not 20 seconds ago. Huh, what do you know? <laughs> we we already basically ruled them out, but now I've gotten information from Deja and then immediately corroborating. How convenient. From someone who apparently knew I'd be at Deja's house. What a coincidence. Huh strange (laughs) i'm a good detective i believe all of this nothing seems weird about this (laughs) i mean i get the impression i I like to think at least in his case he's just like okay yeah it definitely wasn't the fucking umbers this isn't the fall of the house of umber we're dealing with right now this is this is just her throwing scent down to keep me relevant and also she planned this in advance and that's why this fucker's here because she hired him to do this but i do want to crack at that vagina supreme so Ah, it is 29 cents extra. (laughs) And uh, with that, he's like, great. Well, now we have a lead. In fact, we have two leads. Finn. Wolfhard? Finn Wolfhard, yeah. Finn Wolfhard did it. (laughs) Oh, no. Finn and Jake. It was two leads. Ah! He's just he's just like, great, well, now I've got two leads. We're back on the case. Yeah! And that's where it ends. Yeah. That's the end of the chapter is him going, ah, great. 
Now I've definitely got leads and no problems. And there's nothing suspicious at all about this Cathar dude showing up at Deja Duare's house immediately after she said something to say the same thing. Huh. Not strange. <laughs> this is just the sort of serendipity you expect with the Force. I swear to God, if it actually is serendipity, I'm going to be so mad ah. at this book. <laughs> But there you go. That's uh, that's episode eleven or whatever. We're almost done. There's there's probably maybe one or two episodes left in this book. Yeah, we're getting so close. Mm -hmm. Oh, just talk me off a little bit more. <laughs> Man, this episode. Sir, would you like to er, impose the rules of your society upon my society, as is your right as conqueror? Am I talking you off correctly, sir? Yes, <laughs> I am white. So yes. <laughs> Sir, your your trick with the giant horse full of soldiers was brilliant. <laughs> uh, okay, so there you have it. Hey, uh, if you want to hear yet more Star Wars stuff, then why don't you come on down and check out our Patreon, huh? Yeah, you go over to patreon.com slash system mastery, and we've got all sorts of bonus content for you at Y for $2. Mm -hmm. You can get our expanded expounded universe where we're going to go over to Wikipedia, look up some stuff about star Wars, tell it to each other, tell it to you, tell it to the universe, mm -hmm. put it out there. That's the secret. Tell it to your uncle. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're going to go into a simulation where we tell it to your uncle. <laughs> your coolest uncle. Don't worry. Not your lamest uncle. Yeah. Your lamest uncle costs extra. <laughs> 29 cents. Look, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to talk to anyone, anyone's lamest uncle because you know he's going to be some dude who ruins Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's going to be like, you know, oh, the Democrats are a conspiracy and I need to borrow $300. <laughs> I don't want to tell that guy about Star Wars. <laughs> uh, the moon isn't real. <laughs> so, yes, go over to patreon.com slash system mastery. Join us there. That, of course, unlocks all the bonus content. For this show, it unlocks the bonus content for our uh, System Mastery. Sure does. Where we make characters in the RPGs we review. And there is a $5 level available as well, which unlocks absolutely everything, including the TV Mastery episodes and the Afterthought. So many amazing podcasts available for you for low, low costs for your entertainment dollar. Yep, that's right. Mm -hmm. So why not go on down and support us today at patreon.com slash system mastery. It lets us keep doing this, which obviously someone needs to do. Someone's got to do this. <laughs> Whatever most... this is. <laughs> no one else was doing it. So uh, so go pay us for that. And if not, hey, that's okay. We understand that you haven't got any money. It's fine. You can just leave us a nice review somewhere and we'd appreciate that. Yeah, that'd be nice. We'd love that. So uh, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you on the Patreon, hopefully. And hopefully. Until, and until then, I've been Elan Sleezbogiano. And uh, I'm going to get in line four. Thank you. That's <laughs> that's the one where I pretend to be uh, Aura Singh and someone clowns on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've seen that one, too. That's a, re that's a real popular one. <laughs> Bunch, a hunch, a bunch, bunch of crunch, and you put it in your dick. <laughs> six oh six five two. Bunch, a crunch, you put it in your dick. Six oh six five two.